Welcome to the Dr. Hans Brewery podcast. This podcast originated as a video and can be seen in full over at my YouTube channel. Answering your questions about pressurized fermentation again? Yes, a while back I did a Q&A video about pressurized fermentation. I thought I covered the most basics because I had got a lot of questions about pressurized fermentation, but it just keeps on coming. So uh, we're doing a second episode. I have an open form which I collected questions in, and I also got a lot of questions from patrons and channel members. So we're going to start this episode with patrons and channel members, and we might need to even do the third episode to go through the big form because yeah this video will be hours and hours and nobody likes that Whew. so um yeah i will drop a link to this childless opener down below this is store-bought beer this is a marchen marchen oktoberfest nice uh sort of sneaking some commercial here i have a recipe begit available from Ooh. Nice from Blue Goat. Uh, let that set that aside. And for an Oktoberfest, and it's not too late to brew an Oktoberfest if you're fermenting under pressure. Ha! Huh. And all my beer kits come with instructions for pressurized fermentation. Cheers! <sighs> yeah, let's get started. I'm Dr. Hans, this is Dr. Hans Brewery, my channel about beer and homebrewing. If you want to learn with me how to become a better brewer, possibly, and learn a little bit more about beer, consider becoming a subscriber and of course hit that bell so you get notifications when I put out a new video and thumbs up the video. Nice! So, patrons questions and uh, in the end of this video I'm also going to show you how to use a calculator to determine what pressure you need to put your beer under. Can you say that? Now you can. Yeah, okay, so let's kick it off. And um, if you don't find all your questions here, it's because I shaved some off, because there were many questions that were the same. So, Simon understand, hardware, what do I need? Well, you need a, a vessel that can handle pressure. It could be a keg, it could be a fermentosaurus or a kegmenter yeah and you also need a spanning valve but that's about it uh, a floating pickup also to get started temperature pressure level yeah we're going to come to that temperature and pressure level using the calculator can i use a keg or already answer that yes you can use a keg uh, just put a floating pickup in there and you can use a keg with a spanning valve is it okay to have the vessel half filled? Yes, uh, it will produce a lot of CO2 during fermentation, so that air in there will be driven off. How and when to add gelatin? Um, I add gelatin when, when cold crashing, really, and I have a video how to push gelatin over from sieve transfer from one vessel to another, so I will just link to that one down below. 
can energies be used? I have been fermenting under pressure for at least three years and I haven't found a yeast so far that don't handle pressure. In my first Q&A video, I asked for an example of a yeast that don't handle pressure and uh, I got one suggestion and that video got, uh, I don't know, over 5k views. Um, the good doctor can put the actual number down if it's really interesting, maybe not. I got a suggestion for yeast, but he hasn't tried it himself, so it was the, the, the DuPont yeast from um, White Labs. And when I read up on that yeast, that yeast was known to stall and uh, White Labs suggested that you should co-pitch another yeast uh, after some time during fermentation. And uh, there were also some uh, experiments done from Brewlosophy and they didn't find any like truth in that really but we could try it but let me know yeast that you have tried that have struggled under pressure because I haven't found one. I'm answering these questions from my experience with brewing under pressure not from reading what other people's saying. GC Svensson is it really recommended to serve beer straight out of the vessel? Won't the beer be drastically less fresh lying on top of the tube and hop residues instead of transferring to a keg? If you feel that way, you can transfer and also when you recommend kegging after pressurized fermentation. The normal thing I do is to uh, cold crash the beer, let it sit for, I don't know, it could be one day and sometimes even a week or longer and then I take it over to the keg, close transfer. I haven't really got any off flavors from letting the beer sit on top of the yeast, but the only way to see what you like is to try it. But I have put the Fermentican Junior straight in my kegerator and served it until the, the beer was the beer was out, the cake kicked. Josh Davis, what is the best way to dry hop while fermenting under pressure to avoid oxidization? I think the best way to dry hop is to release the pressure with the uh, PRE and then open up the uh, fermenter and throw the hops in and close the fermenter again. Because you will have a lot of off-gassing, the beer is carbonated and I do this when the beer is still fermenting. When you see that the Krausen is on its way down or when you see, if you have a, a spandit like I have, you can see that the, the rate of fermentation is going down, the bubble is slowing down, then I know it's time to dry hop because I want to dry hop when there's still some activity there. Uh, it won't get any air in, of course, because they're off-gassing, but um, yeah, we also have the like, something called re refreshing of the, the hops. It's an enzyme thing, we can talk about that uh, another time. But if there's tiny like air bubbles in the hops, uh, if you're doing like whole hops, of course, they should be scrubbed off by the fermentation. Hope that answered your, your question. When pressure transferring to a keg, how do you best control foam? But you best control foam with uh, having an equal set of pressure in both the, the vessels. So you, you put the, the same pressure that you have in the, uh, the vessel transferring foam in the receiving vessels. And then I put the CO2 back on the 
transferring vessel and I off gas the uh, receiving vessels slowly. Uh, I have a video of course about that also. You can see that it doesn't really foam up at all if you're doing it right. So go and check out that video. Is there a website resource that shows pressure tolerance? No, I've uh, never heard of it. We should make that. And as I said, I have been fermenting for for years. I've been fermenting at like up to 35 psi, 2.4 bars, and I haven't found a yeast that has been stressed or died off or anything or slowed down by that. So, uh, but I, I, I could test this. I have other vessels that handle a lot more pressure and I could get the gear to ferment at really high pressures if you guys really want that experiment. I could do it. Yes, I will do it. We'll, we'll try to like, if we could double it up to like maybe five, <laughs> five bars or something, that would be a cool experiment. Yeah, so don't forget to subscribe and ring the bell so you don't miss that in the future. Do I need to do a secondary fermentation while I'm fermenting under pressure? Uh, secondary fermentation is one thing, a secondary vessel is another, and a secondary fermentation is when a secondary fermentation actually happens, if you are like uh, bottle conditioning your beer for carbonation, or if you add anything to so kick off a secondary fermentation. But doing a secondary vessel, you never need to do that. Um, I wouldn't do that with if I were fermenting in a bucket. Uh, you just, it's a chance of introducing uh, oxygen or getting an infection. So no. Does fermenting under pressure affect taste? Um, will a sour beer still be sour? I haven't made a sour beer under pressure, I think, but um, yes. I don't think the bacteria will be affected by pressure. I haven't, I haven't tried it. And m many guys are like souring before fermentation. So th in that case, pH wouldn't change at all by the pressure. Brandon Murphy, what is the best way to test FG of a brew fermented under pressure? Is to uh, take a gravity reading, really. Just put a picnic tab on the beer side and uh, you have pressure, so push some out and uh, put it in a jar, shake out the uh, carbonation and try it with a hydrometer. If you have something floating in there, like, uh, like hops or anything else, uh, you should use like a beer filter. I use the, the cask witch in my fermenter for that. When fermenting under pressure, do I set my water to recommended temperature or is common practice to add CO2 to desired pressure and start warm? I start at the temperature I want to start at and um, I'm gonna come back to temperature of course. I put the amount of pressure that I want to start my fermentation at also and dial in my spanning valve from that. So everything is dialed in. And if I'm not at the perfect pressure I set my fermentation chamber aka fridge with a heater in it to the temperature I want to start at. Do I pitch more or less yeast log yeast when fermenting lager under pressure warm? This is what's a really nice beer by the way. Gold Märzen, Eggerer, 
Cheers. When fermenting lager warm, you can use half the amount. And by that, I mean like a gram per liter. If I would to do, if, if, we're, if we're talking about dry yeast now. But pitch it like an ale, okay? Matthias Pispanen. I'm kind of curious about your subjective opinion on how pressure affects the taste of the end product. <sighs> it's not just pressure. The big thing with pressure is fermentation. Of course, you can speed up fermentation because uh, you can ferment hotter without getting like higher alcohols and off flavors. So that means that you will ferment faster. That's nice. And you will end up with carbonated beer if you're doing it right. That's nice. But it's also keeping oxygen out, easy to transfer it to a, a keg. It's easy to keep an oxygen-free environment, at least as low as oxygen as possible. So that is the, the, the main gain, I would say. But are you talking about I had some questions and we had some questions coming also like from Ben about esters. I haven't really found that esters are getting hurt. Um, if you are doing a, a blonde, you're still gonna get those esters. If you're doing Hefeweizen, you're still gonna go get those like bananas, uh, esters and yeah, but with that said, I haven't done like a side-by-side -side, and uh, that's also been asking for uh, to do some experience on that. So I will do that. Now when I have my bigger brewing system, I can do more side-by-side -side experiments. So we can do non-pressure against pressure, against different kind of pressures. And yeah, so I will nerd down on that for you guys to come back to that because I don't have all the, the answers. I actually never, even thought about losing ester flavor when uh, fermenting under pressure. But yeah, we need to experiment with, with that. Do you think you should try to find a balance between pressure and temperature or just crank both as high as yeast can tolerate? No, there has to be a balance there. Uh, I'm gonna come back to that when we're showing off how to use uh, the calculator. If you have money for only one pressure fermentation or temperature control, which one would you go for? Probably should have asked that before investing in both. Yeah, you should. No, uh, it's okay. But I will go for a temperature controlled environment, like a fermentation fridge with the heating in it. Uh, control it with a TC, what do you say? T STC 1000, yes, or an Inkbird. That would be my first, because I found that even if you do get away with more, you don't get away with everything. So sometimes like fermentation or like rushing, or the yeast is running, it's going very fast and that can put stress. It's not stress, but yeah, that can get off flavors. So by having temperature control and in keeping the temperature steady, you're holding the, the yeast in check. So I would say first start off with the fridge and do uh, do the buckets thing or whatever until you save up the money to get a pressurized vessel. Did you hope that was it that you're gonna start ferment under pressure? Get yourself a fridge. Is there a beer style you wouldn't ferment under pressure? 
No. I, I, I don't think so. Captain Fusher. I want to ferment a clean, crisp lager. Normally I would ferment at 9C for 10 days or so. How high can I rack the temperature if fermenting under pressure without getting esters? We'll get the same clean, ester-free taste. It's still esters in a lager. You still want those. This tastes like lager. It's not, it's not, it's not only malt and hops. It also have the, the taste of the lager fermentation. But you will still get those when fermenting under pressure. It will taste like a lager, even if you're doing it at like 18C or like you said 20C or even higher. But what you don't get is like sulfur tasting because that you only get when you are fermenting at low temperature. And as you are fermenting higher, you, you won't get like sulfur, you really don't get like deacetyl because that will like get scrubbed off really fast when you start to like push up the temperature in the end and uh, you shouldn't get any acetaldehyde either really. Maybe if you find a special yeast and uh, I have some experiment with like deacetaldehyde also. I have not with deacetyl, sorry, but that's for another story and it's not really about lager in, in that experiment. Yeah, you will get the, the same clean taste. We say that it won't be ester free. Will my pressure fermenter go orbital if I use quike? No, quike is just ordinary yeast. It's just a yeast that, that handles temperature very well without uh, causing um, off flavors. So it will just go faster. I don't recommend using quike for fermenting under pressure when starting out because it goes so fast. So you don't have any time to like read the fermentation. The cool thing we have like see-through fermenters that you can see what happens and you can see when to dry hop and you can see when to start like push up your temperature. I'm gonna come back to that also. Uh, it's, it's no problem with fermenting quike under pressure. I got that question a long time ago also. Uh, does quike under pressure? Quike is just beer yeast. Yes, it does. It goes super fast. If you want to turn around a beer super fast under pressure, of course you can use quike. But it also goes fast in, in a bucket and, and doesn't really kick off, off flavors anyway when it's fermenting hot. So, but if you want to use it, you, of course, still have the benefit of having a carbonated beer and still have the benefit of uh, the uh, low O2 in that beer. Could I cold crash under pressure or with the sudden volume change break the pressure fermenter? Yes, you can cold crash under, uh, under pressure, no problem. What I do when the fermentation is over, I just release the, uh, take off the, the spawning valve and start cold crashing. There is a lot of pressure in there, so the vessel won't implode, so don't worry. Derek Peoples, prevent suckback from the airlock when cold crashing the fermenter. You have no overpressure in the fermenter, you won't get in a suck back and... Uh, yeah. yeah, it kind of handles that. Even if you didn't want to ferment under pressure, you could still use one of these vessels with a blow-off tube and when you're done, just take it off and cold crash it. But I would put some CO2 when cold crashing it. Um, you can put 
some on there just to yeah, make an over pressure in the vessel so it doesn't implode. Even with the keg, because yeah, to keep it airtight. Party Q1's on. At what temperature should the fermentation start at? I'm going to come to that shortly. When to know to start rating the temp and how much. Um, I don't want to say like in days, but roughly after two days of active fermentation, most of the ester production should be like done. Esters are produced when the yeast are multiplying in the growth phase. Um, so after that you could start like put, push up the, the temperature. I do it little by little. Uh, often if I'm not doing like a crazy experiment, I want to ferment super fast. And uh, to be fair, I've gotten, I get away with that also, but if you're not in a rush, maybe half degree C every 12 hours for the like next two days. When I see like the fermentation is uh, falling, the Krausen is falling or is slowing down, you can really push up the like like a temperature. Like say if you're starting with the USO5 at 25C, maybe you will end it at 30C, something like that. Start lager at 18C, maybe you end it at 23, 25 Celsius. Or if you ended it, started at 20. Is it better to put pressure manual on the vessel or let the fermentation just build it up? I don't think it really matters. I always put some pressure on there to to dial in the the spanning valve but of course that will go down and uh, I have seen like posts on Facebook is my fermenter leaking because I put some pressure on and then the pressure went down no it got absorbed by the liquid some of it so that's why of course if everything goes out somewhere it, it you have a leak I haven't done like a side-by-side -side experiment and I don't think we can do that because there's so many variables. But I like to put some pressure on there, dial in my spanning valve and then let it rip. Marcus Lille again. How to best take samples during fermentation? If dry hopped, have you had any issues with clogging the beer post and how to solve that? Yeah, there's where, that's why you use like a floating pickup filter, like a cask witch. If you're doing like dry hopping, if you want to add like oaks, if you want to add like fruits. If you saw my sour, beer feeling not so sour with you I pushed at least what was it maybe like 23 liters of of beer with five kilos of raspberry in it through that filter so go and check out that video but that, that's an awesome thing to have in your fermenter because uh, you don't want to draw a sample if you have like hops floating around really if you don't have a floating pickup. Patrick, you once on. Temperature. What will happen if you ferment at the lower temperature given on the package of the yeast when fermenting under pressure instead of high temperature as you suggest? Uh, I don't know. I don't think it, anything will happen. It will just go slower, I think. I haven't tried it. Uh, why do you want to try that? I don't know. Sorry. Maybe we could try it. Joshua Atkinson, using these things at full pressure, 35 psi, 2.4 bars, will produce stretch marks near the neck that get me nervous. How can we tell when it's not longer safe? Um, I know Joshua has a rounder, I also have a Fermicilla rounder and that got stretch marks. Got stretch marks after two brews with my Fermicilla. 
Uh, yeah, well, I'm sorry, Joshua, but if you got stretch marks, I wouldn't use it for pressurized fermentation. Because, uh, and uh, we have some questions about will my Farmzilla blow up here from Marcus Johansson also. Uh, we have seen some horrible stuff along the, the web, but Joshua, don't throw it away. I would still use it as a use it as a, a bucket with the the uh, fermentate with the pressure kit, and because um, it's still good fermenter, so use it as a a bucket, and uh, then you put some pressure on just when cold crashing, or put some pressure on to move it into a move it into a keg. You still would have the benefits of low amounts of O2 in the beer because yeah but I wouldn't use it for pressurized fermentation therefore I would recommend going with like um, the uh, fermentosaurus uh, fermenter king where every uh, vessels are individually pressurized up to five bars so they are tested up to five bars so the double the amount of recommendation and uh, they blow like at triple the amount of recommendation really not want to talk down on it but obviously the Framsilla aren't tested because I got like stretch markers on my Framsilla of just two brews, brews and if that would test it up to five bars they would all come, come with the stretch marks but yeah don't throw it away keep it but maybe you could use a cake instead or a cake mentor or go for a fermenter source fermenter king instead uh, Marcus wants so will my fermenter uh, from blow up blow up we just talked about we just talked about that we have seen some some nasty things on the uh, internet will the yeast die from the pressure no I don't think so how much time will I save by fermenting under pressure? Well, you can really push it if you want to, but the normal turnaround is like, um, if you brew one weekend, you could enjoy the beer. So you have time for fermentation and a quick cold crash before the next weekend. But if you really want to like, <laughs> force it. I made a lager in under three days. Really, it was low ABV, ABV tons of yeast and uh, really pushed up the temperature. And uh, yeah, so um, okay, link, there's gonna be a lot of links. Hopefully I will try to link to everything down be below. Also made a five day lager. Patrick Schilbo, how do you check FG when til with tilt when fermenting under pressure? Um, you can still use the tilt when fermenting under pressure, but the tilt will be affected by the pressure, believe it or not, but I have a video on that also, yes. But the conclusion is that the pressure will push the tilt down, but you still see when you have stable FG, final gravity, so it can still be used for that. And that's the important bit. Ben Flowers. And Ben had a lot of ideas for experiments he wants to see uh, regarding different pressures and, and more. But he also had a question, what are the best worst styles of beer? Hoppy IPAs versus British beer for pressurized fermentation. Where is everything fair game? I would say everything is fair game, but as I said, the big thing with pressurized fermentation for me is the oxygen free or as, as least oxygen as possible environment. So of course, it, 
hopefully bears benefits a lot from this. Of course, all bears benefit from it, but yeah. I hope that answered your questions. That was the questions from the patrons. Now we're gonna check the calculator, how I use the calculator and uh, what temperature should you start out and what pressure. And also you found a link down below to the form. If you have any more questions, we'll try to come back to this in another video as well, doing, go through all of those questions but yeah it's gonna take some time to prepare for this because this is the third time i'm recording this video because i wasn't prepared enough let me show you the calculator i'm gonna try this screen recording here you could use any calculator this is just a calculator i tweaked and um, yeah it's up for my patrons to play around with but you can use any build calculator i just wanted this to do what i want so in this calculator, we decide how much volumes we want in our beer, how, which carbonation levels we want, which uh, measured in volumes of CO2. And also we add the fermentation temperature. The fermentation temperature you add here is the end of fermentation. Not cold crashing, end of fermentation. Okay, so. Let's choose a, a beer style. We could take some examples. Let's say an IPA, and that suggests from 2.2 to 2.7 volumes, and this puts it at 2.4. If you want to like really dial in your CO2 volumes, also, no, 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 just go in by the suggestions here, you can use an ordinary beer calculator, and I have one of those also up for patrons, but there's uh, all over the web, so you can use one of those also. But this is a quick start, and I like the, the just choose things around, but you can just use more or less pressure, of course. IPA, and we want like 2.4 bars, sorry, 2.4 volumes of CO2, and say we're ending it at 25 Celsius, here you can also, if you rather want to work in Fahrenheit, you can choose Fahrenheit, but I choose Celsius, uh, coming from Sweden. So, we see, if I'm doing American IPA, I should, and if I want to end my temperature at 25C, this suggests 31 PSI or 2.1 bars. But where should I start my fermentation? Well, my tips for you getting started with pressurized fermentation, look at the suggested temperature and start at the high settings. So if U is a five, well, what is like 25C? So if we start at 25C, maybe we would end it at like 30C. So set like 30C here and see 30C. And now it says, 2.5 bars or 36 psi so that's even over the recommended level don't do that so then i would set it to like 35 instead and going with that if we choose like a hefeweizen the bavarian hefeweizen and we want 3.6 volumes of co2 and if we end that at 30, we would need four bars or like 59 PSI just to carbonate the beer. So maybe we shouldn't 
drive that so hot or you can just put some pressure on it afterwards. So when I've got the question that, but you're fermenting at 2.4 bars, 35 percent, won't that over carbonate a bit? No, it won't. This is a hot temperature. CO2 in the beer, the CO2 volumes, the carbonation level, is because of the pressure and the temperature combined. And some say that, but geez, struggle with high temperature. No, it doesn't. I know that there's this word going on from month to month, but I haven't found that it really suffers from high pressure. Did I say temperature before? I don't know, but we're talking about pressure here. Because if it did, bottle carbonation, I don't know why I pointed at this bottle, bottle carbonation wouldn't be possible. Then wouldn't be possible to do a, a Hefeweizen with a lot of bubbles in it and uh, overcarb beer wouldn't be possible because you, if you're doing it in, in room temp, say if you are doing what is your room temp? Let's say 22 degrees. If you're doing bottle fermenting Hefeweizen and you want 3.6 volumes, 22C would be 3.2 bars and 47 psi and or 47 psi just to come up to that level. And we all know we can do that, aka the yeast can handle the pressure. Otherwise, the math wouldn't work. Let's go check on the downside. Let's check with a lager. If we're doing a, an, let's say American, okay, American light lager, and we were to ferment it at 10C, and we wanted like high levels of carbonation, 22 point high, it's not as high as the Hefeweizen, of course, but 2.7 volumes of CO2. That would suggest 20 psi, 1.3 bars. So if you go lower, you have to use less pressure. And the beer temperature in this calculator, or any calculator, is the end of fermentation, not the cold crashing. If you haven't already, consider becoming a subscriber. Do hit that little bell to get notifications when I put out a new video. If this video was helpful, support on Patreon or channel membership or just buy me a beer. Don't forget to like this video and as always, if you didn't like this video at all, don't forget to like double smash the dislike button for double the impact. Cheers and thanks for watching. Dr. Hans out. You have been listening to the Dr. Hans Brewery podcast. For more content about beer and brewing, check out my YouTube channel, Dr. Hans Brewery, and my website, drhansbrewery.com. Cheers and thanks for listening. Dr. Hans out.